his freedom, or that the Lamb of God has overcome. We can be the... begin in approximately two minutes. Amen. It may start a little earlier than that. How you doing? Amen. Amen and amen. Good morning, Central Park Baptist Church. Good morning to y'all. How are we doing this morning? We doing okay? 
Amen and amen. You know, today is the uh, start. It's the first Sunday of December. And so we want to use this opportunity to recognize uh, those special December anniversaries and birthdays. Do we have anyone who was married during the month of December? If you could rise for us, please. Any December anniversaries? Right here? Amen. J just Brother Tracy, not you, just him. Okay. Oh, boy, I'm going to leave that one alone. Y'all just keep your seat in there. Anybody else? Anybody else for uh, December anniversaries? No one. Amen. Let's try birthdays. What about December birthdays? Anyone born in the month of December, would you please stand? Amen. Got one here? We got one over here who doesn't want to stand? Amen. Anyone else? I figured we'd have more than that. Okay. Well, for... For those, okay. For those of you uh, who do have December anniversaries and December birthdays, we'd like to uh, celebrate that by singing this song. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Now, if you're able to rest upon your feet, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 321, hymn 321, hymn 321, what a mighty God we serve. And what a mighty God we serve indeed to get us here to this last month of the year 2022. Last month of 2022. Sing along hymn 321. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Sing that again. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Thanks God before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. We're going to do one more with a special ending. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we before him, heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we, what a mighty God we, what a mighty God we serve. Amen. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the privilege to come into your house, Lord, to give you honor and glory, not only to fellowship, Lord, but to thank you, Lord, for sending your prayer son, Jesus, to die on the cross for for our sickness, Lord. Help us to have a good day today, Lord, just honor, just to give you honor, Lord. And it's in your mighty name that we do pray. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. And if you could remain uh, standing, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 72. Hymn 72. We serve a mighty God, and so we should be able to tell the story. Amen. We'll do all verses of him. 72. Sing along. Uh, tell me the story, Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story. 
time you may be seated. Surely you must fight, keep on the firing line. There are many dangers that we all must face. If we die still fighting, it is no disgrace. Cowards in the service will find a place. So keep on the firing line. All you must fight, be brave against all evil. Never run nor even lag behind. If you would win for God and the righteous, keep on the firing line. Now we've only used a soldier he can trust, keep on the firing line. If you wear the crown, then bear the cross you must, keep on the firing line. 
Life is but to labor for the master dear. Help to banish evil and to spread good cheer. Great you'll be rewarded for your service here. So keep on the firing line. When we get to heaven, brother, we'll be glad. Keep on the firing line. How we'll praise the Savior for the call we had. Keep on the firing line. When we see the souls that we have helped to win, leading them to Jesus from the paths of sin, with a shout of welcome we will all march in. So keep on the firing line. Oh, you must fight, be brave against all evil. Never run nor even lag behind. If you would win for God and the right, just keep on the firing line. If you would win for God and the right, just keep on the firing line. Wow, this, this wireless mic really does work here. Yeah, yeah. It makes your voice change and everything. Amen. Well, we just have to keep on the firing line. Amen. Amen. That was a blessing by, the, uh, by our young men. We definitely appreciate that. Um, if you're able to rise, we're going to continue with that theme because we need to sound the battle cry if we're going to keep on the firing line. Amen. Let's sound the battle cry, hymn 569. We'll do all verses, hymn 569. Sound the battle cry. Ah, uh, sound the battle cry. See, the foe is not raised the standard high for the Lord. Gird your armor on. Stand firm, everyone. Rest your cause upon this holy word. Rouse the soldiers, rally round the banner. Ready, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna! Christ is captain of the mighty throne. Strong to meet the foe, marching on we go, while our cause we know must prevail. Yield and banner bright, gleaming in the light, battling for the right we ne'er can fail. Rally round the banner, ready, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna! Christ is captain of the mighty throne. O thou God of all, hear us when we call. Help us one and all by thy grace when the battle's done. And the victory's won. May we wear the crown before thy face. Rouse then. Rally round the banner. Ready, steady. 
pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna! Christ is captain of the mighty throne. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Welcome to Central Park Baptist Church. We're glad that you're here today. Thank you so much for coming and being a part of Central Park Baptist Church. If you're a first-time visitor here, you should have received a visitor card. If you did not receive a visitor card and this is your first time with us, if you'd slip your hand up, our ushers will come around right now and give you a visitor card. We want to have a record of your visit. We want to thank you for coming. Fill that card out. At the end of the service, I'll be in the foyer underneath a big sign that says welcome. And I'll exchange that visitor card for a bag of gifts. Amen. We have some gifts we want to give you and we want to uh, be able to, to do that. And so if you'd fill that out, we'd appreciate that. Amen. There will be soul winning next Saturday. 9 30 in the morning i want to encourage everybody to be here for that we're trying to encourage people to be here for our, our 10 o'clock christmas morning service so we will have church on december 25th 10 o'clock in the morning here in the auditorium there'll be no sunday school there'll not be an afternoon service but there will be a 10 o'clock service honest to goodness it's the easiest service to get people to attend two times a year people want to go to church christmas and easter amen so do what you need to do. By 10 o'clock, you should have the gifts opened, had a little breakfast, got a little shower, come to church. Then maybe you'll have some time with the Lord, and then we can go home. Amen? And then have some time with the family. But I want to encourage you to be a part of that invite other folks to be a part of that as well. The, bit beyond, beyond, uh, the, the box to the Philippines is out in the foyer, and uh, we still need a few more things. Today's the last day. We're trying to get everything in there that we can. There's a lot of room left. Amen. So if you know some toys that you can get at, at ten bo- or five below or at uh, a dollar store or other things like that or materials for uh, writing, for uh, teaching in school, coloring, crayons, all sorts of things. And uh, the list is on, in the uh, foyer on the bulletin board, and we want to get that in, the, in, in on its way as soon as possible. Our church directory is being worked on. We will have last-minute photographs done. If you did not get your pay- picture taken, we want you in the in the the, the uh, directory it's a uh, so um on the 11th the day of our church christmas party right after the christmas party we got a list out here it's just not a timed list it's just a one two three four five get in line quickly get your photo taken so you don't have to stay very long and that'll be a makeup day for that and please i want to encourage everybody to be a part of that amen we want folks to go oh i'm glad i don't look like them I mean, uh, we want everybody to be, uh, be able to recognize each other. You know, sometimes somebody says a church name, member's name to you, and you go, who is that? Who is that? That's what this will help you with. Amen. So we all get to know each other even better. Amen. Don't forget about ladies Bible study on, on Tuesday morning, 10 o'clock in the morning. Then a Christmas uh, banquet, uh, which is next Sunday, December 11th, after our morning service. And then uh, we will have a... Uh, Nope, that's not what I wanted. I'm done. Amen. So that's the announcement for now. If you don't have a bulletin, go out in the foyer and pick one up. That has much more information in there than what I've given you, and I want to encourage you to get a copy of that as well. It's time for our church offering. Amen. Amen. I'm glad that God allows us to give to him. I'm glad that he counts us worthy to be trusted for him to give it all to us and then us to give back to him as a tithe, and then over and above that as an offering. And that's the time that we have right now. Every time you take a dollar and you put it in the offering plate, you're actually investing in heaven. 
I don't know, maybe you have some investments on this earth. I've had investments on this earth. Some do well, some don't. Yeah, Amen? Yeah. But what I invest in heaven always does well. Always. And I can never outgive God. So I want to encourage you to give as we have our offering this morning. So let's pray. Father, thank you for allowing us the privilege of being able to give back to you what you so kindly and wondrously have given to us. I ask as we give that you would bless the gifts. I ask that you would bless the giver of the gifts. I ask that you take care of our families as a result of us being faithful to you. And thank you again for the privilege of being able to give to your work. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, come and bring it up. Amen and amen. If you're able to rise, we'd like for you to join us in singing our next hymn, hymn 574, hymn 574. At the conclusion of this hymn, uh, we will dismiss our children to junior church. At the conclusion of this hymn, we'll dismiss our children to junior church. And also the uh, Korean ministry will be dismissed. Hymn 574, sing along. Oh, my comrades, see the signal waving in the sky. Reinforcements now appearing, victory is nigh. Hold the fort, for I am coming. Jesus, signal still. Wave the answer, wave the answer back to heaven. By thy grace we will I'll see the mighty host advancing, Satan leading on. Mighty men around us falling, courage almost gone. Hold the fort, for I am coming. glorious banner waving hear the trumpet blow in our leader's name we triumph over every foe hold the fort for i am coming jesus sit no still wave the answer back to heaven by the Long the battle rages, but our help is near. Onward comes our great commander. Cheer, my comrades, cheer. 
rah, rah, rah. Hold the fort, for I am coming, Jesus Amen. At this time, our fifth grade and under, you're now dismissed uh, to junior church. Everyone else, please greet each other as we prepare for this morning's special. The Korean ministry is also dismissed at this time. substitute crowd in um, and our choir was had a many were sick last week so we didn't have a choir so I thought that if I couldn't drive you out with preaching I'm gonna make your ears hurt with my singing so I'm gonna sing a, a, our special That don't chase you off the preaching will, so hang on. 
and open up to anywhere. It's all good. Uh, open up to, to uh, I believe it's going to be, uh, no, that's not right. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. I had uh, three messages. Actually, I had four messages for this morning. Uh, when you don't preach for a little while, you don't know what God wants you to preach. He gives you all sorts of things. You start writing everything down. Yep. Wasn't exactly sure what he wanted. Uh, and then um, over the, praying for the last few days to know exactly what God wants, I believe this is something he's given specifically for us this morning. And the sermon's entitled Christmas Preparations. Yes, sir. Christmas Preparation. Matthew chapter 1. In verse 18, if you're not standing and you'd like to stand with us as we read the word of God in reverence and respect to the Bible. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When, was, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph before they came together, she found with child of the Holy Ghost. And, and Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make an, a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, and he shall save his people from their sin. Now all uh, now all these, all, I'm sorry, now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall uh, be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted, God with us. Amen. And Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took him uh, and took him his wife, and he knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. Now, I want you to look at verse 23 one more time, and I'm going to make a comment as I read it, okay? Behold, a virgin. Now, I want you to notice it doesn't say a young woman. That's what many of these false and fake Bibles say. But there's nothing amazing about a young woman having a baby. It happens all the time. It is a miracle that a virgin has a baby. And that is why it says this word, and that's why we must be so careful to always go to the word of God, not words that contain the word of God, but the very word of God, because this changes everything. If you just put a young woman there, that could be anybody. But this is a special thing that God has done. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for each and every person that's here this morning. I ask that you be with our pastor and Mrs. White as they take this time of vacation. I ask that you'd encourage them and strengthen them. I know that pastor spends a lot of time with you when he's on vacation, and I thank you for his faithfulness to you. Now, Lord, as we gather today, we've got to hear from heaven, not from Doug Marco, not from some man, but heaven. So, Holy Spirit, I ask that you'd meet with us in a very special way, guide and direct, that we would say exactly what you, Lord, would say if you were in my shoes and my position today. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Here in our reading, Joseph's getting ready for the coming child, Jesus. 
as we prepare for Christmas, uh, we prepare to celebrate later this month. We need not to just buy things and wrap presents and fill stockings, but we need to prepare our minds and our hearts for the coming of Jesus, just as Joseph did. How did Joseph prepare? Well, Joseph prepared by keeping his word and marrying Mary. He kept his word. How did Joseph prepare? By going to Bethlehem and paying his taxes, doing what he was supposed to be doing at that time. How did Joseph prepare? By standing by his wife, yet not knowing her until the child is born. How did Joseph prepare? By standing by his wife as she gives birth. How does Joseph prepare? By naming the child Jesus as God requested. So Joseph prepared. He just didn't go into this wildly or blindly. He got ready. He was faithful in his preparation for Emmanuel, God with us. Now we are getting ready, but for a little different coming. We're getting ready for the second coming. Jesus has been born, but Jesus is coming again. And as Joseph prepared for Jesus' first coming, we too must prepare for Jesus' second coming. I'm not talking about December 25th now. I'm talking about Jesus' return to earth to rapture his church to take us out of here. Amen? So thinking about that, I want you to turn in your Bible to another location that helps us prepare. And that's first, or Second Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse number 10. Second Peter chapter 3, verse number 10. I'll get you a chance to get there. And okay, I'll start reading in verse number 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of person ought ye to be in all holy conversation and, and, uh, goodly, and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens, being on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall meet, melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for the new heaven and the new earth, Wherein dwelleth righteousness, whereof, behold, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found in him in peace, without spot and blameless. And account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even our, our behold, brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you as a Christian I'm expecting company now I'm not expecting my children to show up or my grandchildren come for for Christmas but I'm expecting company any moment now not family not friends but Jesus a friend that sticketh closer than a brother the Bible says that Jesus is coming to rapture us or to catch us up, that's what the word means, to catch us up in the clouds, all who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. Amen? 
Not only for family members and friends am I preparing for Christmas, I'm preparing for Christmas in my heart and looking forward to the day in which the Lord will return. I live for that day, looking for that day where the Lord will return. The Bible says, therefore, be also ready in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 44. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. God says that his Son will come when the world is filled with great wickedness, a time of disharmony, and when no one is thinking about Jesus Christ. Does that sound familiar to anybody besides me? On one hand, you can get discouraged about the secularization of our society and the modern post, uh, postmodern philosophies that this world has, how they are infiltrating our systems, our school systems, our government systems. We can get discouraged about that, how the daily secular life is closing in on us constantly. Or, on the other hand, You can know that Jesus Christ, your Savior, is coming back. And we can get excited and invest ourselves in his return rather than what's going on around us. In the light of this fact, there's some things that we should do to help us get ready, just as Peter got ready. I'm sorry, just as Joseph got ready. I know there was a Bible person in there somewhere. Uh, Just as uh, uh, Joseph got ready. And I wanted to quote 2 Peter. That's why it came up. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 11 says, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in all holy communi- uh, conversation and godliness? What are we supposed to be like? What are we supposed to do? How do we prepare for this time? And it's coming, ladies and gentlemen, faster than I ever thought it would. So let me give you some things that will help you. Number one. As a Christian, we should prepare for Christ's return by living peaceably. Living peaceably. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6 through 8 says this. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world. And it's certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. We can choose either to live godly lives with produces harmony and peace with ourselves and with others, or we can try to fight the world at every corner. But can I tell you, I already got a victory. I've already won. I read the end of the book, and guess what? We win! We win! Woohoo! Jesus wins! The wicked, vile world gets judged for its vileness and its wickedness and its rejection of Jesus Christ. But if you know Jesus Christ as Savior, heaven is your home. No one can take that from you. It's forever. It's eternal life. And it's mine. Nobody can take it. God says, uh, Jesus said, I've taken you and I've put you in my hand. That's my soul. It's in Jesus' hand. And Jesus said, my hand is in the Father's hand. And no man can get get it out of there. That's what he's saying. That's how secure I am in Jesus Christ. I am on my way to heaven. Nothing can take that away. It doesn't matter what the world does or how they behave or how wicked they become. My hand is in Jesus' hand and his hand is in the Father's hand. And now I'm going to heaven. And no one can take that from me. That's his gift to you and I. And it's forever life, not temporal life. 
not temporary life, eternal life in Jesus Christ. That's what I look for. I look for that time where I'll be with Jesus. I can't wait to get there. I can't imagine how wonderful heaven must be. Romans chapter 12. Give you some scriptures here. Romans chapter 12, verse 17 through 19. Romans chapter 12. God wants us to live goodly lives or godly lives where we are looking for his return. And so living in peace. I'm not in turmoil today. It doesn't matter who gets elected in Washington. It doesn't matter who gets uh, elected in Austin. What matters is who sits on the throne of my heart. It matters whose life I, who, whom I follow. It matters whom I live for. And I'll tell you, I've never lived for the government, and I ain't going to start now. Amen? I'm an old, old person. and old, The Bible says when people are my age, they're of great age. Great. <laughs> I must be of that age. Amen? That's how I look at it. Anyway, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 17, recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If be possible, as much as liveth within you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give a place unto wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. I got somebody on my side, bigger, stronger, when I was a kid, I, I don't know. I'm a troublemaker. I know that nobody here would know that. I know that you would never catch on. But when I was younger, I used to get in trouble all the time. I was in school, and I, I, was, uh, <clears throat> I had failed the first grade because I hadn't had enough time. I was sick in the hospital a lot. I was in a, an oxygen tent often, so they sent me back to repeat the first grade because I wasn't there for enough days. Didn't have all the education that they thought I should have. And so I got bored that second year around in first grade. And you know what bored young men do? They create their own environment to live within, usually involving trouble. Like, you know, chewing spit wads and pulling out the center of the big pen, sticking a needle through the spit wad and <coughs> shooting it into the back of the neck of the girl in front of you. Oh, what was that? And then yanking it out. Oh, somebody must have stung you. I don't know. Shooting spitballs and... We used to throw pencils in the air because our, our ceilings had those holes in them, you know. Did you ever look back up there and try to count all them holes in the ceiling? So I used to add them, throw the pencil up there, get it stuck in a hole until I would get caught. It's not a good thing to do, but I was in trouble a lot. And then another guy came to our class. He was huge. Brother Aaron, can I borrow you for a minute? Could you come up here for a second? He was about this size in the second grade. His name was Arden Wise, okay? With my brain in his brawn, buddy, we were going a long way. One day, one day we met in school, but then I, he tried to steal my cookies. I'm sorry. All I got was two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and some homemade cookies. And I don't care how big you are, you ain't stealing my cookies, buddy. You understand that? So he reached down to grab my cookies and I slapped his hand. And he, nobody had ever done that to him before. And he was like, huh? 
And I said, those are my cookies. He said, oh, no, they're mine. And I said, oh, no, they're mine. Put them down or I'll break your hand. Yep. <laughs> he could have snapped me just like that right in half at that point. I probably weighed 60 pounds. He probably weighed 210. <laughs> I had no hope. His name was, again, it was Arden. And so uh, we, he said, oh, I'm going to get those from you. I said, no, you're not. So we met in the parking lot. It was fighting time, you know. <laughs> I knew he was bigger than me. I'm not blind. I am dumb. I'm just not blind. And I saw, saw him there, and so I thought, I'll get one shot in. Then he'll kill me. But at least I'll get one shot at him. So I turned, and I rushed him to smack him, and I pulled my fist, and he went like this. Put your hand out. <laughs> and that was me. Come on, come on. And after a little bit of second... His arm got a little weak, and boom, I got in there. Then I picked myself up off the parking lot, and I shot back after him. And sure enough, boom. <laughs> then he wraps his arm around me, and he puts me in a headlock, and he starts to give me a Dutch rub. Don't do that. <laughs> and he says, I like you, boy. And we became fast friends. And no matter where we went, with my brains and his brawn, we always won. <laughs> Amen. I have a Savior like that. Amen. He's bigger than anything else in the world. There is no devil, no temptation, nothing. I mean, people would wait to get me when he wasn't there. <laughs> Go sit there for a second. So one time I'm walking home. He had gone up his road. Some kids came out over here. And they came storming after me. And you know what I do? Arden! Arden! And here he comes running. And sure enough, all of them take off. Why? Because when my protector is here, yeah. I have nothing to fear. Yeah. And by the way, I have Jesus Christ. He's my protector. He's the one that's coming back for me. He has not left me alone. He is right here right now. He's filled up me with the power and filled you with the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. We have the victory. I don't need to fear the world or the devil or all the things that the world has thrown at us. Why? I've got a Savior, Jesus Christ, and I'm hiding. Right? <laughs> and Arden was my protector. But sure enough, I have Jesus as my protector. Thank you, Brother Aaron. Amen. And I don't have to worry about anything. And as I prepare for the Christmas season, I need to make sure that I understand I have peace within. I don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to worry about anything. I know that the world gives us a lot of things to be frightened of. Oh, there's all sorts of things. Financial reversals. There's uh, sicknesses. There's family issues. There's all sorts of things that could cause us to be in fear. But ladies and gentlemen, we've already won in Jesus Christ. I have the victory in Jesus. So I can recompense no evil from, to no man. What for? I'm going to let Jesus handle it. When folks would, would folks would want to fight me, I'd say, just a minute. Come here, Arden. Come on, Arden. Here comes a big boy in school. <clears throat> he wants to fight me, and I'd say, get him. Get him. Who's going to win? I got a protector. I got my protector. He's my savior. There is nothing that this devil over here could do to me. 
You, you can see them horns because there's no hair to hide them. <laughs> I'm always after the devil, amen? And, and I, always, I have victory. Why? Because I have it in Jesus Christ. Thank you, man. And I can always call on him so I have peace. I'm not going to be the one that does the fighting. All I have to do is be the one that does the following. There's no need for living in fear. God has everything under control. We may not understand everything, but we don't have to understand everything. He has everything under control. This world is dying to see something real, ladies and gentlemen. This world is yearning to find something that's worth embracing. This world is looking for something that gives peace within. This world is looking for something to believe in because there's nothing for them to believe in. Everything they've been given to believe in has been proven to be false, at least to them. They're looking for something to live eternally for, and we have it. It's Jesus Christ. And if we're going to get all bent out of shape and worried about all the things that are going, to go around, that are going on around us, how can we be a, a testimony for Jesus Christ? How can we attract others to the one who already has the victory if we're all worried and we're all hiding? Oh, no, don't get me, devil. Oh, no, I'm scared. I'm scared. I don't need to be afraid. I have my deliverer. And so I have peace. And this world is looking for something that can give them that peace that we already possess. If you don't have that peace, but you have Christ as Savior... You need to remember to trust him in your daily living. And he's the one that will take care of us. You say, well, you just don't know what's going on in my life. Really, I don't need to know. All of us have things going on in our lives. All of us have high ups and downs and things that would seem to shatter other people's lives that we have to live with. And God says, don't worry about it. Embrace me. For Jesus is real. And I can trust him. Number two. I'm looking for his coming. I'm looking for a second coming. I'm looking for his return. Notice in First Peter, Second Peter chapter three, we read that earlier. Second Peter chapter three. Look in verse number twelve with you, if you would, just for a second. And there's a word I want you to see in verse number twelve. Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God. We're to look forward not only to his coming, but we're to try to hasten. His coming, his coming. What does hasten re, uh, mean? That means we are to, to grasp hold of it and do everything in our power to bring it to pass even today, to bring it quicker. How do I do that? By telling everybody I can about the gospel. Because Jesus isn't coming back till we tell everybody po- as possible with the, with the gospel. And so I need to witness to people. I need to live right before them. Titus chapter 2 and verse 13 says this. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Revelation 3, 3 says, Remember therefore how that you received and heard and behold uh, and hold fast and repent. If Thou therefore shall not watch, I will come as a thief, and thou shalt not know that hour I will come unto thee. Well, I don't want to be blinded by it. I want to be preparing for it. I'm preparing for Christmas. You're preparing for Christmas. Oh, we're putting up the tree, and we're putting out decorations, and we're going shopping, and we're getting the stockings out. They're hanging them by the, the chimney with care and hope that St. Nick will soon fill them up with something that I like. 
Oh, that's right, that's the poem. I just need to do the right thing. I'm looking forward to the coming of my Savior, Jesus Christ. Not as much towards Christmas. Christmas is a celebration that my Savior came. But he is coming back. I want to be ready for that. I want to be doing everything possible and hastening his return. Look again at that verse. Number three, I want to say, do everything in your power to hasten him to come. Number three, uh, do everything in your power to hasten him to come. Look unto the, uh, uh, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God. That Greek word rendering uh, means to urge on, to wait with eager desire. Hastening as, as an earnest desire and fervent prayer, earnestly asking the Lord to return. I, I'm going to be really honest with you. When I first got saved, I had learned a few months after I saved about the Lord's return. I had not known anything about that at all. I didn't know any Bible when I got saved. Probably you were like me too. And I started to learn about the Lord's return, and I, need, I learned how we need to pray for it to come and so here's how I prayed as a young preacher. I said, Lord, could you wait a little bit? I'd like to marry somebody. I don't even have a girlfriend. I'd like to get a girlfriend. Then I got me a girlfriend and I got married and she's been paying for it ever since. And I said, can you wait till we have some kids? I sure would love to have some children. But now, can I be honest with you? I look at the world around me and I say, I don't want my grandkids to have to go through all this. I don't want them to be perverted and twisted like they're trying to put pornography in the, in the children's classrooms today at a young age, which will ruin their mind. Pornography destroys your brain's system, period. It will change the whole way that your brain functions. It's a fact. It's a medical fact. It changes things. And I do not want my child permanently destroyed by the perverts of this world. Those who say Jesus Christ is wrong, and I say, I'm sorry, Jesus Christ is right. Those who think that he's not right, then you're the ones that's wrong. Amen? Well, we don't want, we, 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 we want our way. I know you do. You're trying to shove it down everybody's throat. But I'm just going to hang on to Jesus because he's going to take care of it when he gets here. Hey, Arden's coming. No, Jesus is coming. Amen. And when Jesus gets here, he's going to handle it. You might chase me into a corner and you might, make, you might take my life. And I'd rather have given my life than to live on this earth with all of its sin. I'd rather stand for Christ to the end. Even if it means losing my life. Because I have no life to lose. It's his life to begin with. He saved me. I'm a new creature. He lives in me. He bought me with a price. He now owns this body. Not much of one, but he got one. He owns this mind. It's a mess up there. Nobody wants to know what's going on up there. I got some squirrels, and they're juggling things besides knives, too. And... Uh, but he got it, just as it is, and it's his to do with what he wants. And if he is, wants me to give my life so that others could be saved, I really am happy to do that. 
I'm not no longer asking the Lord to wait because this world has become so vile, so wicked. They're trying to pervert everything that's out there today. They don't even know what the word awake means. Awake, thou that sleepeth. They call it awoke, those that are stupid. I'm, I'm the furthest thing from woke you could get. I'm awake in Jesus Christ. And they have no connection at all. So I'm doing everything in my power to hasten him to come. That means to urge on, to the eager, eagerly desire. I pray earnestly day, all, every day for him to come. A true Christian doesn't dread that day of his coming, but embraces it and says, this is what I'm looking forward to. Number four, live according to his, uh, his promises. Live according to his promises. Believe it or not, number four is my last point. Hang on, don't put your shoes on yet, ladies. It'll be just a few more minutes. Then you can put those high heels back on that hurt your feet so much. Verse 13 says, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for the new heaven and the new earth. That's what we're going to get. Listen, there's nothing worthwhile here. I got a new heaven and a brand new earth, and all this stuff that's here is going to be consumed by fire and totally destroyed. And God's going to give us something so fabulous, so wonderful, so magnificent that he doesn't even describe it to us because our finite minds can't conceive on the infinity of God's greatness. So he says, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Nevertheless, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth. So what are his promises? Promise number one, I think about all the time, is he's coming. He is coming. Number two, he answers prayer. Jeremiah 33.3, call unto me and I will answer thee. Not I might answer thee, not I could answer thee, not if I think about it. If you just do all these right things, then I might answer. No, call unto me and I will answer thee. And shew thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not, far beyond anything we could ever imagine. Have you ever prayed so earnestly for something that it made God work day and night to get it for you? You say, well, that's prayer time. When God changes things because we prayed. And he does do that. That's why he says that Jeremiah 33.3, I'll shew thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. So he, he answers prayer number three. Under, and the third thing I think about as a promise, he will save anyone who calls on him. He will save anyone who calls on him. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done or where you've gone or how you behaved. He will save you. For God so loved the world. Hey, that's us. We're the world. We're not the earth. The earth is the rock in which we live on. The world are the people that live on this rock. For God so loved the world. That's the people on this rock. That's you. That's me. That's everyone. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've gone, how you've behaved, what sins you've committed. There is no sin to God that's greater than any other sin. 
Now, to me and you, we could figure out all sorts of things we think are, are terrible sins, you know. We would think one of the most terrible thing, sins would be murder. We would think that's horrible. But God says there's no difference between a murderer and a liar. Adultery is a horrible sin. Destroys everything around people's lives. Horrible sin. But God says that's no different than murdering somebody or thinking bad thoughts about somebody in your own mind. See, to God, there's not one sin that's worse than the the other. We want to say there's a whole bunch of things, you know, like, I just think there's some wild things we shouldn't do out there. And maybe there's some people that Jesus shouldn't save. But no, he died for everybody. Even the prisoners in jails who've murdered multiple people, Jesus would save you if you asked him. He has paid your sin debt. And anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a promise. Not could be saved, shall be saved. Not might be saved, shall be saved. When? When you die. When that first death comes around, that second death doesn't come. For the wages of sin is death. That's talking about a second death. And the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, Revelation 21.8. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderer and the whoremonger and the sorcerer and idolater and all liars. Uh-oh. Found one that I figure into. Liars. Never taught my four children how to lie, but they done figured it out, all four of them. I have 12 grandchildren. Only one of them never told a lie. And that's because she's only a few months old. But she'll figure it out. She cries when she wants to cry because she'll sound like she's got a wet uh, diaper, but it's not wet. And like she doesn't feel good, but she feels fine. She just wants to cry because she wants you to hold her. So she's already learning the fundamentals of telling a lie. I don't mean that offensively, but it's true. We all fall into that category, don't we? And that second death is in a lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. That's what he says. But the liars, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And he'll save us from that second death if we would simply trust him and come to him because there's no sin that Jesus cannot save you from. I think of another promise. God blesses those who keep his word. God blesses those who keep his word. You want to have God's blessing on your life? Keep his word. Read it. Find out what it says and then follow it. I can't, listen, if I don't ever read it and I set it over here and I'm supposed to follow it with my life, I don't know where to go. I've laid it over there. I don't know where to go. And you don't know where to go. Why? Because I don't have it. Okay, so now I'm going to carry it underneath my arm. Where do you want me to go? A GPS does not pop out of the Bible and say, go here. Beep, 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 beep. Follow the line. Beep, 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 beep. Doesn't do that. I have to read it. I have to let it become a part of me so I can follow it and go where he wants me to go. And do what he wants me to do. Listen, there's a lot of things I don't like about the word of God. Oh, and you're a preacher? Uh-huh. What don't you like? Well, I like to handle some things myself. You know, like when someone gets on my nerves far enough, 
I'd like to just take them out, two go out, one come back, and then tell God that they died of smallpox or something. Uh, that don't work that way. What did we learn already? He said, we're not supposed to repay evil for evil. We're supposed to let him handle it. So I have to say, okay, God, I want to take them out, but I'm just going to give it to you and let you handle it. And I'll go where you want me to go. I'll behave like you want me to behave. Listen, I'll be honest with you. There's something wrong with our government. It's not a sermon on our government. I'm going to get off this right just after this. Okay, there's something wrong. They think an insurrection happened back on January 6th. I'm telling you, that, was not, that might have been a little bit of a riot area, but I promise you an insurrection, nobody would have lived through that in that house, in that building. They really want an insurrection. That is not what an insurrection was. It would have been violent, and bloodshed would have been great. <laughs> so when things don't go the way we should go, think they should go, you know who we need to trust? Jesus Christ. Amen. He got it covered. Yes, My job isn't to try to figure all that out. My job isn't to follow the government. My job isn't to follow what I think I'm supposed to do. My job is to take the word of God, read the word of God, put it in my heart, and say, okay, now, Holy Spirit, lead me, because this is what you said to do. Oh, and you said love your enemies. Right. Oh, and you said love others. Oh, oh you said don't judge. Uh-huh. That's what he says. That's how I need to live. And can I tell you, that will change your life for the better if we just start to abide by what it says. We're such, so quick to judge people, and yet we've never been in their shoes or in their position, so we have no idea how it really was. And he says, judge not. Let him handle it. He knows it all. He got it all figured out. How about this? To fill each uh, of his children with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's a promise, he said. That's a promise to you and me that he'll fill us with the power of his Holy Spirit. I want that power. But I can't have the power of the Holy Spirit if I got the power of the world running around in me. I can be saved on my way to heaven, but I can stuff myself full of the world and do what the world wants. But what I need to do is stuff myself with the word of God and follow him and allow him to fill me with his power. And as I serve him, he opens all the doors for me. I don't have to open any of them. How about this? He'll lead you to all truth. That's a promise. He said, I promise to lead you in all truth. People in the world today don't know what truth is. Brother Aaron did a great job on this subject on uh, on our men's prayer breakfast last night. And I'm not going to go over that again. But the truth is, is that we don't know what the truth is in, in the world today. But I know who is the truth. Jesus is the truth. You know what else Jesus is? Jesus is the word of God. And since Jesus is the word of God, and Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, then I can, cha- I, I can follow what he has said in his word, and I can trust his Bible. I can trust his word. I can trust what he says. I can do it with my life. In his power, I can trust him. Why? Because he is truth. He is truth. We're not going to go through all the truths that are out there that aren't, but I know that he is. And anything that isn't out of this book is not truth. It's the world's perversion of truth. How about this? He leads us to go every step with him. He'll lead us as he goes every step with us and we with him. 
He says we're to yoke up with him. Amen. You know what a yoke is. It's what you hook up a couple of uh, oxen to. You put uh, put them uh, oxen on. There's there's a uh, cart that could be pulled by that oxen or some other material that could be taken care of by those oxen. Those oxen are put together to carry the burden in a yoke. And Jesus said, hey, come on over here. <clears throat> My burden's light. I'll help you through this. Brother Aaron, can you come one more time? Okay. Young lady, can I get you to help me just for a second? No, 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 not, not, not this young lady right here. Okay, can, she's tinier. Okay. okay. Can you come stand right here? Now, which one do you think is stronger? Which one do you think can carry the burden better? So when they're in the same yoke and the thing is full of a thousand pounds of stone or rock and it's got to be moved and they start walking, guess who's doing all the work? Little fella. He's doing all the work. He's doing all the labor. Is she going to be there? Yeah. Okay, you ready? You're going to pull this big load. Are you ready? Ready? Start to walk. Ready? Go walk together. Boom. Yeah, who's doing the work? You're not doing anything but having a good time, right? (laughs) Come back here just for a second. That's exactly what Jesus wants for you and me. This is us. This is Jesus. He can carry my burden. I can't carry my burden. You put the yoke just on me, and we ain't going anywhere. You make this little girl carry a a, a, a thousand pounds, ain't going to happen. Good luck with 50. I think she might weigh that. She's not a whole lot she can do. Why do we think we can do this job when this is what we are? Why do we think that we should just let him go sit down? Go sit down right there. Just sit right there for right there. Stop, stop, stop. Just stay there for a minute. And then we do this by ourselves. And we constantly do this. And he says, come here. Yoke up with me. I got this. He could even pick her up and carry her and still pull it. Right. We're not going to do that, but he could. Right, right, right. Why? Because he's got all the power that's needed to get the job done. Yes, Thank you both very much. That's what Jesus wants to do for you and me. He wants to be that power that no one else can be. He wants to be that strength that nobody else has. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20, the, this statement. Are you ready? For all, my, all the promises of God in him are yea. That word yea doesn't mean yay. That word yea means yes. All my promises are yes. That means if I yoke up with you, you're going to carry the burden? Yes. That means if I pray, you're going to answer my prayer? Yes. That means if, if, I, if I go to give the gospel out to others, that you'll do the work to convince and convict them of their need to be saved? Yes. There's nothing, no promise that God will not keep. It's already yes. Except one piece. Look what it says in the rest of that verse. For all the promises of God in him are yea. And in him, amen. I'm glad I don't have to do that. Amen. Praise the Lord. And then he says, under the glory of God, and now two little bitty words, two short little two-letter words, by us. 
The only thing that stands in the way of us having the power of God and the promises of God being cared for as we prepare for this Christmas time is us. We stop it. It's just like that little girl trying to carry that big burden and having Aaron standing there going, you go, girl. <laughs> Amen? Not going to happen. Oh, she can pull, she can tug, she can try. And as long as she wants to do it on her own, he can't do anything. Yeah, you're trying. That's a good job of trying. Your feet are getting stuck more and more in that muck and mire that you're kicking up now, aren't you? And then we finally say, okay, I cannot do this. Come here, Lord. I've been waiting for you. Okay, here we go. You ready? And here we go. And God's got it. And ladies and gentlemen, that's what God wants for you and he wants for me. And as we prepare for this Christmas season, we need to remember those promises that he's given to us and apply those promises to our life. Allow him to do for us what he wants to do for us. And we cannot do it on our own. Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 says this, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. He's done it all. Whether it's salvation or living or having prayers answered or overcoming difficulties in our lives. That's why we ought to have peace. The peace is there because he's doing it for us. I look forward to his coming because he's doing that for us. It's going to get dark here. And when it gets dark, just remember this. He's in control. He's got it. You don't have to do anything. You just keep doing what you're supposed to. You keep praying. You keep reading your Bible. You keep winning the lost. You keep going to church. You keep doing the things that God's commanded us to do. And if the world gets in the way and stops doing the things we're supposed to do, you just keep on going and keep on going and keep on going and keep on going and don't quit and keep going and don't quit and keep going and don't quit. Keep going. You say, well, what will happen at the church? We may have to go underground. But we can keep on going and we can keep on winning the loss and we can keep on praying. We can keep on reading the word of God. We can keep on asking God to yoke up with us and he's going to handle it all the way as long as we trust him and him alone. Remember, he's returning soon. Are you ready? Are you preparing? As we prepare for Christmas, are you preparing for his return? Are you saved? You know for sure if you die right now. You go straight to heaven. If something happened and this building had a bomb dropped on it right now, boom, and we're gone, would you be in heaven or would you go to hell? You say, well, Brother Marco, I'm not sure. Well, then today at the end of this service, let me show you how you can be sure. So no matter what happens the rest of your life, no matter what occurs, you will go straight to heaven when you die. Is heaven your home for eternity? Do you pray now? Are you praying? Are you walking with him? Are you in his word every day learning more and more what he has for us and then praying and asking him to help us? Can I be honest with you? Most of the problems we have in life is because we keep trying to handle it ourselves. Why don't we be like that little girl 
and Brother Aaron. And let Aaron do all the work for us. Amen. And let Jesus do the work for us and pray for him and expect him to answer. I'll say that again. Expect him to answer. If you don't believe he's going to answer your prayer, then you're not exercising faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So you've got to trust him. Are you yielding to the Holy Spirit so he can fill you with his power? We need to prepare for, for the Lord's return, for his coming, just as Joseph prepared. He prepared for Emmanuel, God with us. You know who I'm preparing for? Emmanuel, God with us. Father, thank you for what we've learned today. Holy Spirit, please take this truth and make it real in our lives. Help us to see the truth as you want for us to see it. Holy Spirit, I ask that you go from person to person, from seat to seat, from heart to heart, and take this and make it realistic into our life. Help us to walk in your word and in your will and not our own. Please, as we prepare for this Christmas season, help us to prepare for your return, for it draweth nigh. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed and no one's looking around, how many say today, Brother Marco, if I died right now, I know for sure I'd go straight to heaven. I have personally received Jesus Christ as my Savior. I know heaven as my home. And I'd like to raise my hand to testimony of the fact I know I'm saved. Would you slip your hand up? Hold it up there just for a moment. And then slip it down. Thank you. you may put your hands down. Maybe there's some of you today that weren't able to raise your hand. And if you died right now, you do not know for sure that you'd go to heaven. You want to go to heaven. You have a desire to go to heaven at that proper time. But you do not know for sure if you died right now, you'd go to heaven. And you'd say, Brother Marco, pray for me that one day I would have that promise that I would know for sure that if I died, I'd go straight to heaven. Brother Marco, would you pray for me? While no one's looking around, if you'll slip your hand up, I want to pray for you. But I can't pray for you if I don't know who you are. If you'll slip your hand up and say, Brother Marco, pray for me. How many say today, Brother Marco, as we get into this preparation for the Christmas season, I need to prepare my heart for the return of Jesus Christ. I need to go to the Word of God and follow it what it says and allow His peace to pass through me so I can be an example to those that are around me at home, at work, in my neighborhood, where I live, where I play, where I go to school. Brother Marco, pray for me that I'll prepare for the coming of Jesus Christ as Joseph prepared for the coming of Jesus as an infant. Brother Marco, would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up, hold it up nice and high just for a few moments, and then slip it down. Thank you. You may put your hands down. Father, you've seen the hands of your people. Most importantly, you know our lives. So Holy Spirit, have your way in our hearts and lives today and help us to yield to you and to your leadership. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. God spoke to your heart. The altar is open.